Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, March 6th. Coming up on the show today, we'll have your golden nuggets from the guys at Club and Country about Nashville SC. I've got some things I need to get off my chest about the Vanderbilt fan base as it pertains to baseball. We've got a couple of small pieces of college sports news with Tennessee State and Kennedy Chandler. But we begin with a critical get-right win for the Nashville Predators on Tuesday evening. We are brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group, the website buildkg.com. They've been in the market for over a decade, successfully helping people manage their houses, big decisions, big financial decisions about their houses. You've heard me talk about them now for over a year. They need to be in your life if you're about to make a big decision about your house. They'll help you out whether you use them or not. So give them a call. Talk to the folks at the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. The Nashville Predators struggled on Friday against a bad Buffalo Sabres team losing 4-3. to And they're about to play three games in four days over the weekend. So Tuesday night's match against Minnesota at home, a team that has been one of the hottest in all of the NHL and a team that is ahead of them in the divisional standings, was a huge moment for this franchise. And I'll give you all the records that you need to know here in just a second, but why was the win so important? A 6-2 to two win over Minnesota in which UC Saros was solid. They scored three power play goals in the first period. They take an early lead and they hold on throughout the entire game. Why was it important? Number one, Minnesota, as I already mentioned, one of the hottest teams in the NHL, a divisional rival. So obviously there with all the ties to the former players and Ryan Hartman and Kevin Fiala and all that stuff, Critical for them to get right after playing poorly against Buffalo. Also, John Hines flipped all of the lines around. Philip Tomasino, the young pup, playing up on the top line with Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson. Three of the four lines got switched around in an effort to try to find and kickstart the offense. Well, it worked after a lot of special teams in the first two periods. With Ottawa, Florida, and Pittsburgh happening on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, that's three games in four days, this team had to play a good hockey game at home in a playoff type of situation. And when you look at the box score, it does read exactly like all the other games have this season where you you sit up in your chair and you look at the numbers and you go, oh my God, what is happening with this Predators team? Ryan Johansson had a hat trick. UC Saros played a brilliant game. Roman Yossi had three points, a goal and two assists. That means he's got 11 times this season he's had a three-point game, which is one away from the NHL defenseman record set by Paul Coffey and Phil Housley. Matt Duchesne had a goal and an assist. Philip Forsberg had three assists. Philip Tomasino had a goal and two assists. You just look at box scores for this Predators team this year, and every single time you're seeing a player chase down a record. Roman Yossi has 84 points now. He is one away from breaking the all-time single-season record by Paul Correa after three points on Tuesday evening. Philip Forsberg is two goals away from 40. Matt Duchesne is four goals away from 40. Those guys have 72 and 70 points respectively, and both could get to 80 points. Only one player in the history of the franchise has ever done that before, and they might have three this year. It's just been a lot of fun to track this team. There's still 13 games left to go in the regular season, and we're going to cover all the ins and outs of the lineup changes and what this team has to do over the course of the next weekend to set itself up for a playoff spot on the Gold Standard Podcast. Adam Bingen and myself out every single Thursday. But try to enjoy the ride. The records, all the chasing, the numbers, the stats... It's been a lot of fun. This team may not win a Stanley Cup, but this year is going to be incredibly memorable. So since the Vandy Tennessee baseball series over the weekend has happened, I've seen an interesting thing take place on the internet, especially from Vanderbilt fans looking at you folks, Doors. You guys claiming that this isn't a rivalry because Tennessee hasn't been good enough and they haven't cared about baseball. And and you're, you're right. Tennessee hasn't been good enough and they haven't cared about baseball. But that's not what makes a rivalry. You don't need two teams 
to be championship level good, which they both are right now, to make a great rivalry. What defines a great rivalry is people, culture, hatred, proximity, the fact that most Vandy and Tennessee fans live amongst each other in Nashville. They live on the same streets. They go to the same schools. They go to the same churches. They have, I, I have in-laws that are Vandy fans and Tennessee fans, and then there's like that one weird Alabama fan. But mostly, Tennessee and Vanderbilt are rivals because of their cultural differences and their hatred for each other and the proximity with which they live and operate. This is the reason Auburn, Alabama is so great. They are all amongst each other all the time. The Egg Bowl, Mississippi, Mississippi State, they are all amongst each other at all times. South Carolina and Clemson, Texas, Texas A&M. What makes a truly great rivalry is not necessarily high-level championship success. Just, just ask Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But this integrated, woven fabric of community against each other and with each other is what makes a rivalry great. So whether you like it or not, Vanderbilt baseball fans, Tennessee and Vanderbilt baseball is a spectacular rivalry, and it's in part because you've been so great and because Tennessee does things differently that, that this is such a fun rivalry. But don't tell me it's not. Don't, don't tell me because you've got two rings and Tennessee hasn't cared about baseball in 15 years that you don't hate each other. You hate each other, and it is great for the game. It is great for the sport that you hate each other, and we just need to clarify this because it is absolutely 1,000% a rivalry whether you like it or not, Vanderbilt fans, and it's in part because they're good, but it's more because Tennessee and Vanderbilt have lived with each other for the better part of 100 years. And those two fan bases, whether it's tiddlywinks, hopscotch, baseball, or football, do not like each other. And that intrinsic hatred is really what makes a rivalry in college athletics truly great. And... It is what makes the people that wear orange in the fall and Kentucky blue in the spring completely worthless. There were two unrelated but sort of small and interesting pieces of news on Tuesday that came down concerning some college football in the mid-state area, but also Tennessee basketball. Kennedy Chandler announcing that he is going to forego the rest of his college career and enter the NBA draft. No real surprise as the five-star point guard goes to Tennessee, leads them to a, an SEC tournament championship for the first time in 40-plus years, and then is off to the lottery, probably a top 15, top 10 pick in the NBA draft, one of the best point guards coming out as a true freshman, and the sky is the limit for him. So I don't think that's a big surprise at all for Tennessee basketball, having to replace their star point guard. Uh, of course, the consistency and dependability of that backcourt is what got them to that point. And of course, the Kai Ziegler coming back, they've got a nice piece there to step in and fill the void left by Kennedy Chandler. A really interesting other piece of college athletics news on Tuesday was that Tennessee State football will open the 2023 season at Notre Dame on national television. Eddie George is your head coach at Tennessee State, and we are seeing these types of schools, the HBCUs across the South in particular, start to elevate their status, whether it is through recruiting like Deion Sanders in Jackson State hiring coaches like Eddie George, and now games like this playing a Notre Dame team coached by this year, first-year head coach Marcus Freeman. I think it's an excellent move if you're Eddie George and TSU to get the Tigers onto a national platform like that, regardless of outcome of the game, is a smart and savvy marketing strategy for your brand. Not only do you have a marketable star that will be all over television that families, kids, recruits, parents, coaches are going to see on the sidelines of that game, but with name, image, and likeness, the sky is sort of the limit for these HBCUs. Frankly, I am shocked that it has taken this long for this type of movement towards those universities to take place. Honestly, I, I just I think recruits, 
I'm surprised it's taken this long for recruits to make these types of decisions. I think the NFL is willing to find you from anywhere in the entire world. So if you're a big-time talent in Middle Tennessee, why not stay home, play for a star coach? He may not develop you as well as Nick Saban or whatever, but why not play for a guy that's a big name, a big star, and if the NFL is going to find you no matter where you play, and name, image, and likeness is a big part of where you're going to go in the future, then then I think these HBCUs are going to capitalize on this new environment. And Again, I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier. So pretty cool news there for TSU playing a game against Notre Dame on the road on national TV to open the season next year. Not 2022 this fall, but 2023. It's time this week for your Golden Nuggets. The guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan from the Club and Country Podcast, trying to make us all slightly better soccer fans here in Nashville. And the boys in gold, Nashville SC, is 2-2-1 on the season. All five coming on the road. And that record with two wins on the road can only be defined as an incredibly successful start to the season, considering they're going to play eight road matches in a row to start the year. And Wes and Tim wanted to make sure everyone really truly understood just how important that one nothing win over Columbus on Saturday was. Coming into the game, it's the only team they'd played more than three times and never beaten. In fact, they'd played Columbus four times and never beaten the crew. It's the first time they've ever even held a lead against the crew. And just the second goal they scored against Columbus as you go back, of course, to that Eastern Conference semifinal two years ago to a 2-0 loss in September of 2020. Scoreless draw up there. Uh, in, in July of 21 at the new stadium at the time, and then the 1-1 draw in Nashville, where Zellerion scored, Hani Mukhtar equalized two minutes later. Nashville, Tim, has never played terribly poorly against Columbus, I would argue. They've always been close. So for me, this almost feels like a bit of a milestone to get to get over the Columbus hump when uh, you know they've always they've always been pretty equally matched. Gary Smith talks a lot about how he wants his team to be difficult to beat. And when you look at what Columbus has been, not just for Nashville, but for teams around the league, they aren't always going to get a bunch of wins, but they are going to be difficult to beat. And for Nashville to kind of get that monkey off their back and say, when a team is focusing on being difficult to beat rather than coming out and trying to win, we can still go out and get that winning goal and, and then weather this storm as we've, as we've already talked about. It's a situation where this is a Columbus team that philosophically has a lot in common with Nashville. And when you have that uh, you know, kind of meeting of, of two I guess, equals in style, if not necessarily in quality. To come out on top, you're always happy. That was Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan from the Club and Country Podcast. If you want to know more and get more involved with Nashville SC, make sure you check out the Club and Country Podcast. They had Adam Bells from the Scuffed Podcast this week talking about Walker Zimmerman, Anibal Godoy, two main players for Nashville SC, their roles in the international play, what the World Cup qualification for the men's national team may mean, Great conversation with Adam Bells this week on the Club and Country Podcast. Make sure you check out that show every single Tuesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you check out the YouTube page. Click all the subscribe buttons on the social platforms, all the different places we ask you to do it. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys all for your support as well. Congratulations to Matt for winning our 440 Sports tournament bracket challenge that's a 100 gift card from jasper special thanks to jaspers as well all we ask again is that you click all the subscribe buttons and remember who loves you 440 sports thank you guys all for listening my name is Braden gall this has been the 440 for wednesday april 6th the 440 is a production of 440 media written and produced by Braden gall music by william tyler